Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast, episode number 13. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here to, well, actually, I guess, talk about two episodes, Stephanie, of Desperate Housewives. We'll be doing season five, episodes number 10 and 11. Absolutely. And that would be Home is the Place from last week and tonight's Connect, Connect. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Stephanie. Yes. Do you want to explain to everybody why on earth... Or where on earth were we last Sunday that we were not there to do a Desperate Housewives fan podcast? Well, I was here and I don't know where you were. (laughs) (laughs) I was here and I have to tell you, it it felt very weird watching Desperate Housewives alone now. It was because when we, uh, we, we've talked before about how when you stopped uh, working on Sundays, when you made Sunday your mandatory day off, I was like, look, you cannot come in and, and take over my Desperate Housewives time and, and made you start watching it with me. And um, and so it felt very strange to watch it alone. That's right. Last night. That that felt really weird now. But anyway, so um, for those of you who have not heard, um, Clifford was in the hospital last Sunday and um, craziness, craziness had some severe abdominal pain, uh, took him to the ER on Saturday. They admitted him. Saturday night and um, due to, I don't know, disagreement on the doctor's part, I guess, or not really disagreement, but um, non-communication non-communication, and a major oversight that almost killed me <laughs> that, um, yeah, kept him there until Thursday. Um, you know, finally on Wednesday, he had, you know, his gallbladder removed and a couple other procedures as well and, and came home on Thursday. So it was quite the chaotic week for us. Um, here, but um, you know, all is well. And all we're back. is all is well. I am back in the studio right now. We're not recording live in front no. of an internet audience because, which honestly, I'm very glad about, by the way, because I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, you're in your pajamas, and I am still not feeling 100. percent But uh, I am. I'm definitely feeling enough that you know we can record this episode, and if things go sour about halfway through, then we mm. could pretend this we never happened. We can check it all and start over tomorrow. Exactly. Right. So with that being said, I, I'm feeling okay. And so let's just move on and talk about the show. And okay. we're not going to really uh, try to break it into two different episodes. I don't think that that's going to be the yeah. wise thing to do. No. So let's just go ahead and start things can off. Can I just say, like, I'm as far as last week's episode goes, I'm going on what you are going to read to me because... I was in such a haze at that point. I vaguely remember watching it. But didn't we just rewatch it together last last night, though? Or was that today? Did I, we watch all of it? Yeah. It, and it totally runs all together for me. <laughs> Seriously, we, I don't know. I know. Okay, so Cliff got to lay up in the hospital for four days, not knowing what's going on, and then got some really cool drugs while he was having his procedures done and pain medicine to follow while I've been doing... Some serious heavy lifting and manual labor to keep the place yes, afloat. Steph- Stephanie has so, been a complete angel. It has. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm. I'm not claiming that at all. I'm just saying that I don't remember a lot of what's going on the last several days. All right. Well, um, I think that 
last week's episode will come to you quite clearly because okay. because a lot of tonight's episode, um, Connect Connect, is very much built upon. Does it connect connect with last week's? It episode? does. It connects connects uh, with uh, Home is the place. So let's let's just talk about things in the order that I have them listed here in All my right. personal show notes that are also listed in the form for the Desperate Housewives fan podcast section over at gspn.tv slash forum. Okay. And uh, the first section I have here is Brian Orson. Now, last week, of course, we met Alex's mother. Yeah. Was she like a character or what? She was a tool. I mean. She was something else. You know, I thought it would be difficult to find somebody else that was a little further out there than all the characters they've already brought into the show. But man, they took they, they took they it did. to a new level with this mother in law. Absolutely. And I I tell you, I thought it was absolutely hilarious the scene the first time and the second time I saw it when the mom's like, I call Christmas. (laughs) I call Thanksgiving too then. See, I didn't think that was so funny because we've kind of lived that. Well, that's what I thought. So that's exactly why I thought it was so funny. Okay. And, and then I, I that's because your family always wins. Here's my hand. I'm going up, going once, going, and then Brie finally gives it. Okay. I didn't address that. Moving right along. So anyway, I I got a true kick out of that. Now, after that, it got a little ridiculous. You know, here's what I here is what I thought of um, while watching that. You know, um, I wondered if the character was actually based on someone that the writers know. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. You know what I mean? Because she was just so. What did you say out there? She was such a tool. She was she's got to be. No, I I have no doubt that the writers, when they wrote her character, it is the epitome of the quote unquote unquote, in-law experience. And that's even the way they wrote it. Right. It's like, but when you hate them, that's a completely different story. (laughs) When you decide to hate them. Yeah. So I just, there was a couple parts that just, it seemed like just a little too far for me. Yeah. It's like, come on, number one, um, you know, she's a guest in Bree's home and then she brings this on. Of course, I know some in-laws like that, uh, not mentioning any names and I'm not talking about your mom. I know. Uh, <laughs> we, we, I'm not even going to go there because I'm, I've, I'm over a lot of those things from our past. And, uh, and Clearly. Seriously, <laughs> I am. Leave me alone. I don't so, even know what you're talking about unless you give me a situation and no, an example. But. I, and I will not. Um, that's what, fine. That's. Gotcha. I'd like to see your face. Oh, okay. Instead of like. You want me to turn the lights on? No, the lights are fine with the, the little mood lighting you got going <laughs> you on. You like that? But the monitor was blocking out like half your face. No problem. So um, here's the deal is that. You know, when it came to, you know, the seating arrangement and then she's sitting out on the front porch with all of her beer cans and smashing them. And it's like, I'm sorry, that's, you know, I can't see Alex get. And and of course, this is where I'm going to do the crossover of Mm -hmm. the two episodes. So I've already explained that. This is where I don't get Alex complaining about um he, you know, the Brie emasculating Orson. Right. But yet she has, he has nothing to say about the way his mother treated Brie. Right. As a guest in her home. Right. That's a little much for me. You know, the, the, I and I understand it's hard to see, 
you know, the problems within your own family. You're kind of a little bit blind to them and maybe you're just a little used to them, which obviously they showed, you know, Orson was completely cool with mm-hmm. being emasculated. And and of course, um, also you had um, Andrew, Andrew, who mm-hmm. was completely oblivious to the fact that well, I don't this think was an Andrew's issue. oblivious to the fact that you've yet to, to see some of the stuff that goes on between Bree and Andrew. Yeah, this is but, true. Um, but I think that he's just kind of. That's who she is. That's who she is. You're right. All right. So anyway, um, the I do want to say that this week the the emasculating part of hilarious. The, is just funny. I mean, it. This is the one thing that I think um, many marriages struggle with very early on, and unfortunately, some marriages don't get out of this. Where right. where. Uh, And and it's not just the wife doing this to the husband, but the husband doing this, but saying things in public that belittle or do something to embarrass Mm -hmm. their spouse. And, um, you know, being one who has, you know, we've talked, you and I personally do another podcast for those who are listening called uh, Family from the Heart over at familyfromtheheart.com. And one of the earlier series that we did in that podcast was the five love languages. And my love language, of course, is encouraging words. So when anybody says anything negative about me publicly, it humiliates the crud out of me. And so this is something that in my mind should be one of those things in a marriage that is like we just agree to to one another that we will never share something publicly that will humiliate the other person. And this is exactly what Bria is doing all the time. And obviously, Alex was not too comfortable with that. And so I I totally found this hilarious. But at the same time, I, I so felt Orson's pain. Well, and I think that that's why you can find it funny. Mm-hmm. It's because um, if you if seriously looking at the situation, you know that it's not funny. Right. But that is where you find the humor in it. And then when... And then later when Bree says to Alex, I know I've changed and I need someone to call me out on it. That was, then that was you a know, good, right. You know, cause, cause Bree's obviously a strong woman. I mean, and, and she likes to be in control and, mm-hmm. and, and she, and sometimes I think that by saying certain things about Orson kind of makes her feel on, you know, that she has the upper hand and stuff. So she was called out on it and, and she did open up and mm-hmm. say, listen, I, I'd like you to be that person to Alex. Right. And I, I really admired that, that storyline uh, very much. So the one thing that I, I found funny, it just one of those funny lines. And of course, ABC screws these lines up all the way. It would have been an absolutely rolling on the floor line had they not showed it 15 times over the last week on the previews for right. this episode. And that is, do you want to have sex? Oh, sure. We have 15 minutes until the news comes on. Right. Why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that That is all too true of what marriage can become, you know? Yeah. Or of what uh, the intimate relationship in a marriage can become, you know? And one thing that I think is awesome is that it doesn't have to become like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that, uh, you know, that stereotypically television promotes 
long-term marriages, you know, anything over two or three or five years or six years, 10 years that, that pretty much is sex has ended after that. Right. You know, maybe, maybe it's kind of like when some people go to church, it's like Christmas and your birthday or something. <laughs> That's right. And Brie and Orson haven't been married, but maybe six years, right? I guess with the, with the five year fast forward, I think maybe six. Yeah. Something like seven that. is pushing it. So, so, but I, I don't like that, that that that's the stereotypical way things are because I don't I definitely don't think it has to be that way, right? And it, it's quite a shame if that is the case for everybody out there. I agree. And uh, if it is, then then maybe you need to turn the TV off. <laughs> that's right. Light a couple candles. Put <laughs> the on drive a little, on down. <laughs> put a little, as Susan would put, a little smooth jazz I on. I know. I loved that part when she comes down and she opens the CD player. Well, first, does she find the wine bottles she first? She finds the fine, wine two bottle empty, first. Two empty bottles of wine and then, oh, jazz. And so, anyway. Yes, yes, yes. That was funny. So, um, and of course, the funniest part of the entire episode uh, with Brian Orson and then a whole, whole ordeal was the brilliant conversation between Brie and Alex over the table about the steaks. Orson, yes, yeah. And they're going back and forth, back and forth. And, and she refuses to say that Orson burned the steaks. Yeah. And uh, and then finally, um, Andrew. Andrew comes out and says, what did you do now? And she says, <laughs> Orson burned the steaks. And he's just like, yep. yep. It's all my fault. <laughs> but I just fault. love that he's just still sitting there eating his burnt steak. <laughs> it's great. It is great. Oh, man. I so wanted a steak I know. when I saw that. It's like, oh. I said, I, I want to go. I want to save up like lots and lots and lots of money yeah. and go to Morton Steakhouse and get myself a big juicy filet from there. Well, you mm. do that. How about that? <laughs> Anybody who wants to take me out to Morton's, uh, just give me a call when you're in Listen the Cincinnati to you. area. Listen to you. Or us, Stephanie and I both. That'd yeah. be, there you go. All right, so let's move on to Carlos and Gabby, one of my favorite couples, although I've been a little bit upset with what they're doing with Gabby in both of these episodes, especially last week. Yeah. So last week, what does she do, Stephanie? Well, last week she gets Carlos a job that he doesn't want. And then forces him to take it after he tells her, you know, I'll give the guy a shot. And But she said she'd support him in whatever decision that he made, if, as long as he heard the guy out. And then, in fact, she did not support him. That's right. And I don't support that. Right. Absolutely. And in fact, there was a lot of difficult things that were said in that episode, especially given the circumstances that you and I find ourselves in, you mm-hmm. know, struggling to put together our own business to do maybe I, I've kind of rephrased the the quote unquote doing what you love for a living because mm-hmm. a lot of people misunderstand that mm-hmm. and think it's a little naive and selfish to always want to just love everything you do because that's certainly not the case. I mean, there are things about right. this new business that I don't love that I have to do. But uh, but really, I do love what I have to do. It's just it's misunderstood. But finding meaningful work and at the same time, balancing that with the reality of providing for the family, you know, because yeah. there there was a lo- there was a lot of talk about that. But there see, was. but there, but here here's the situation. Here's what you and I have come to agree upon, um, and and of course we didn't enter this decision uh, lightly. L- well, lightly or uh, either one of us alone. I mean, this was mm-hmm. a decision. In fact, you kind of pushed me over the edge, and uh, 
kicking myself for it. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. But the thing is, is that we've definitely had to make sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when it came down to that scene where she, you know, the clown saying, come over to our discount store. And uh, she's like, I'll be there in a minute. And then she goes in and gets her fancy shoes. And it's all about those shoes again. And the episode ended with her putting the shoes. But see, I don't. Because I was thinking about that. I was really thinking about how they played that. But I don't think that it was about the shoes or the material things as much as what the shoes represented. Okay. The shoes represented a time in her life when she wasn't struggling. When she wasn't waiting for him to get home to hand her his tips so she could go to the grocery store. You know? Um, So I really think that it was... It was symbolism rather than actually taking it for what it was. You think so? Because I, I, I can see where you're coming from from that angle. I have to disagree with you, though. I think she was more closely aligned to it's like, listen, I want to go back to my plush lifestyle. See, I don't think so, because she made a very she I mean, she made a very good case for not struggling. I'm tired of struggling. You know, when we couldn't pay this and but I dealt with it. And when Juanita got sent home from daycare because the check bounced, I dealt with it. And now it is your turn to stand up and deal with it. That's what she said to him. I don't think that it was about this plush lifestyle. I mean, granted, she's always been selfish and we've always seen that from her. But she married Carlos with a certain. I mean, he had made sure that she knew he was going to take care of her in a certain manner and he has neglected to hold up his end of the deal okay yeah well trust me i've been working with the blind for five years and it's not that fulfilling (laughs) exactly that was hilarious (laughs) so you remember more than you thought you did yeah so basically you know i i guess i can see where you're coming from they did not play on this a whole lot except for the fact that when carlos is going away for his first business trip the kids are upset and they said but daddy we don't need lots of we don't want lots of money and she's mm-hmm. kind of like shut up kids right you know right uh so and then and of course you know when he, she does take well, the job, I, i'm honestly very surprised that they have not lost their house yet yeah because if things are as tight as they are hinting at seriously they should have missed a mortgage payment or two along the way yeah. you know um, a lot of it's very unrealistic in, in the way that it's written. Yeah. Well, and of course what we, and I'm not going to make, or they've been living the off of some serious savings for a while or, or yeah, who knows? Who knows? I, I have no idea. Well, at first I had thought that not, not in this season, but, but before I had thought that the, maybe the house was already paid for because they were very wealthy. And he was doing very good. And you probably shouldn't yawn because those are contagious and I'll catch one. Uh Uh-oh. No, so don't do that. Okay. Um, So anyway, I had thought that the, I had, was under the understanding that the house was already paid for. But then several times. We have a visitor. I think we do. (laughs) Yep. Here comes the hand. Um, Several times they've mentioned the mortgage payment. And so clearly the house isn't paid for. And I don't know how they were able to keep the house under the circumstances if it was. So anyway, I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway. And we're going to pause with that for just a moment while we take care of a little minor interruption here in the studio. Minor. (laughs)
All right. And we're back. I think. I'm fine. <laughs> All right. So what we were talking about. Gabby and Carlos. Gabby and Carlos. And so let's just move on. Oh, no, no, okay, no. no. Well, you, we, was, we were still going to talk about the kids. The kids. So I was just talking about how, you know, they're still able to live on Wisteria Lane when. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't. That, it, that is a mystery. It is. So and, and maybe they'll they'll do something to tell us about that later. So, Stephanie, let's talk about little Juanita and her little. Uh, that girl needs a spanking. You think? Yeah. Now, can I just tell you, as a parent, the counting to three has never worked for me. No, and ever. it shouldn't. And it shouldn't. My You're training should your child that it's okay to wait to until diso- the third time. Yeah. Right. That disobed that that delaying. See, delaying is disobeying. That's Absolutely, it is in the Ravenscraft house. That's right. If I have to count to three, you've already disobeyed. You're already in trouble. So now it doesn't matter if you do what I asked you to do first because you didn't do it first. That's right. Does that make sense? Yep. All right. Delaying is disobeying here. So I wanted to, well, first off, I wanted to drag the little girl upstairs going bump, 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 bump <laughs> on the steps. <laughs> what? I would just want to say hello. This girl. I felt really bad for this, this little, little actress. This little actress yeah. is going to need counseling Seriously. for many years Seriously. of her life. And I'm afraid that she's actually going to end up to be one of those little child TV stars that ends up having like anorexia or uh, bulimia yeah. or they really need to be drug careful. issue. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, have they not considered this? Right. I mean, they're writing this girl as a little fat pudgy girl and and really playing on that to right. its to its highest extent. That mama can't drag her across the floor. Yeah. yeah. That, that mom's, you know, mom's whatever my will. It needs to take a rest. I mean, and you, you rage. Yes. And <laughs> my, needs a breath. you know, and she's hurt my back. I mean, come on. Yeah, that was that was the final straw. I mean, that girl's going to have need some serious therapy. I honestly, I really hope that her parents are right in there. Um, it doesn't matter. That, well, no, I think the I writers think that, have crossed the sh- crossed the line with that. Not necessarily, because I think that if her parents are doing a great job of of talking to her about what it's about being a girl okay we have a daughter we have two daughters Mm -hmm. one of them whom has recently gained some weight Mm -hmm. who the doctors tell us our our, her pediatrician says that it is the onset weight gain that all young girls gain before puberty Mm -hmm. okay which is scary because she's nine anyway um she has a hard time with her weight She's nine years old. Can't be. I mean, how how old can this little actress be that's playing this part? You know, she she's, could be that she's old. Playing a five year old. She could be so, nine or ten. Um, as a parent, it is my job to make sure that my daughter knows she is beautiful. Mm-hmm. We are all created different, different shapes, different sizes, different colors. Doesn't matter that she's taller than all the girls in her class or that her belly is rounder than all the girls in her class. What matters is her attitude, her personality, the way she treats other people and the way she treats herself and the way she treats herself because her body is going to change time and time again as she grows. That's part of being a woman, right? If her, if this little actress's parents are right in the mix then I think that she'll be okay. Honestly, I do. Okay. Part of being a woman is your sh- your your shape and your and your size changing regularly. 
Well, I, I just I just want to voice my concern to say, I you understand. know what, my entertainment of this show is not increased by no, it's the not. humiliation no, of it's a not. young little girl. Absolutely not. So that's all I wanted to say mm-hmm. about that. And if I was Eva Longoria Parker, I would put my foot down and say, no, I will not fake a back injury by dragging this little girl across the floor. This is true. <laughs> you know, um, but I'm, I'm just saying that I believe that, you know, she's not destined for therapy if it her parents are taking it upon themselves yeah i i, I to do their role I, i'm not but, pla- i'm not placing judgment on the parents no i'm not like, either I'm, I'm but just, i am placing judgment on the writers do of you the see show. what i'm saying no i and i completely agree with you i think that they have gone too far yeah that's all w- i'm saying with that you know um i'm just saying i get <laughs> the whole you know eating the broccoli thing and you know wanting to be healthy and but uh but yeah they went too far yep yep they did yep so what do you think about her, about, um, about Gabby having the guy come in and, and yell at her kids? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you some, yeah, obviously there, it, it seemed to do the trick. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of things you can do, uh, that will seemingly get you the results, but the ends don't always justify no, they don't. the means. No, they don't. And this is, this is funny be- that, that this all is coming up because this totally cross references with two of our shows. Which you've already mentioned, Family from the Heart. Which we also, after we did Five Love Languages, we did an entire series, like yeah. 12 or 11, yeah. 11 or 12 episodes on parenting. We did. At familyfromtheheart.com. We did. Um, I do not agree that fear is the foundation to parenting. <laughs> no doubt. Um, if I want my kids to respect me, I have to show them some respect in return, which is a lesson that I did not learn until after I had grown up and left my dad's house, you know? Um but now that I know it, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying my best, trying my best. I fail a lot. Um, but. And what was the other to, podcast? Um, that it, well, hold on. I'm not okay. done. I'm, I'm so not, sorry. I will stop don't, interrupting don't interrupt you. Me. Yeah, you should. <laughs> um, don't tap your fingers. No, I'm distracted. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, anyway, the the other one that I was going to say was family from the heart or family from the heart and full time mom at full time mom podcast dot com. Right. That is a show that I do with my best friend Sarah, and we just talk about. Uh, well, we talk about parenting. We talk about being wives, and we talk about being women in in today, and how culture and TV and and all this plays into those roles. Um, anyway, I do not I do not believe in in the fear. Um, having your children be afraid of you. And, um, but it did make for, it did make for what? It did what? make for funny TV. It did. All right. So let's talk about Tom and Lynette for a little bit. They've okay. got a little issue that they have been pulling a little wool over the eyes of their lawyer and everybody else. Right. What do you think about the scene where um, the, the lawyer's there trying to help him prepare, help Porter, uh, <laughs> prepare for his um, hearing. Ig- hearing, yeah. And of course, he's having a hard time recalling any of the things that he told the police on the police report. And then all of a sudden, the sister comes out. Penny comes out, and she's like, "Preston, give me back my thing." Whatever it was that he, yeah. So, um, that but that's not funny. Preston. That's Porter. That's right. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I, that's why you should never get kids to lie. Yeah. Do you remember? Um, they're 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 not good liars when it's in your favor. Right. Um. One time when 
um, Cliff's little brother was six. We were taking him to oh, actually, yes. no, actually he was seven and we were taking him to Kings Island and, um, he, PJ is 16 years younger than Cliff, which is why, you know, just, I think the age gap shows people why we were taking him out alone. Anyway, um, so the age limit to get in as a child was six. And so we, and it was only like a week or two after PJ's birthday. And so Cliff standing in line was just like, okay, you're six, you're six. We're going to say you're six. We're going to say you're six, which clearly we've learned our lesson because we were being dishonest to to start with. And, um, and and I totally look back and say, you know, this was not a great example to set for my younger brother. No, it wasn't. Um, if only all of his problems could be blamed on that one incident. And I'm sure I've done other things <laughs> equally as horrible. I'm, I'm I was just kidding. Okay. Okay. Um, so anyway, we get up to the window and Cliff says two adults and one child and um, PJ's like, no, I'm seven. I'm seven. <laughs> just really making a big deal about it. Whereas if Cliff would have just not told PJ anything and paid for two adults and one child, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah. But anyway, the lady was like, just go ahead. <laughs> She did. She's like, come on, just go come on, on, just go ahead. But um, it, yeah, you you can't get little kids to. Yeah, no. So here's the deal. Um, Tom and Lynette, of course, the only other big thing from last week that I that I really wanted to point pull out of this is that um, they put up the restaurant. Or did we already know that? We, we already knew that. Okay. Yeah. Remember, well, she th- did it without telling him because she gave the money from the emergency fund. Okay. So we already knew that before that Mrs. episode. Mrs. Schilling. Right. Okay. And so then the only right. other thing then that I'll pull out is the fact that Preston knew where Porter was. Or no, did yes. not know where he was, but had, but been, had talked, been in contact had been with communicating. him. So you and, don't want to talk about mom taking him in the car oh, up to the bar? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. And I'm going to do anything I have to. It is to. in my DNA. I never knew it was possible to love someone so completely. That part I agree with, but I can't, I mean, I think that it, it's now in my DNA to protect my children. But not at the but cost to of. But to intentionally harm someone else, no. Yeah. Now, if there was someone breaking into our home, what that about, would be different. What about committing perjury? And sending the Seriously. wrong kid into a courtroom. Right. That, no, I don't, no. I don't think see, that, I, I think there, that is molded into my DNA. No, see, what I call that is not motherhood. Mm-mm. I call that mothering. That's enabling. Absolutely. You know, there comes a time when a child has done something that is absolutely not the right thing to do and there need to be consequences. And if you continue to remove the consequences from that action, then things are only going to progress to be worse. Especially with the only thing that we have ever seen of these children are bad things. Are bad things. Exactly. I, I would think at some point they need consequences. Now, do I want to see Porter have consequences for something he didn't actually do? No. But you cannot continue to enable him. But, and they did at not some know point, that he's he did need, not do it, though. That's, that's the true. thing. I, I, and, but and at I, some point, he's going to have to stand up and be a man. Yes. You know, he's 16 now. Granted, that's still a child. But if you want to act like a man, then stand up and be a man. Right. So the lawyer finally finds out, obviously, that Porter's yeah. missing. And he's he's recognized. He's obligated to. He's obligated by law. To inform the DA. Right. And so, of course, he says, listen, I'm not meeting with the DA until such and such after they beg. You better find me before then. Mm-hmm. And uh, through the whole, well, at the very end of the scene, we saw that he was in, with an older lady. 
found out. You didn't. Or, I, oh, you I don't know, know her yet. You don't Stephanie know her, her yet. I'm still working through season two. <laughs> yes, you are. But um, anyway, we basically have. Um, did we cover some season two stuff and release it? Uh, I, I know we've watched a know. bunch of episodes. We've watched like eight or nine episodes, but I don't know that we've covered any. Um, well, maybe we did because I I, can I remember you. Good, keep talking. Did we? Um, well, I was, now I just don't remember if it's something that you said to me personally or something that was recorded. But you talked about, you know, that the season wasn't shaping up to be no. so bad as people were telling yeah. you. And so we have not talked about season um, two yet. And okay. then, and I think we'll, we'll probably go ahead and just watch the, all of season two and kind of just give a full impression. Or maybe the next time we watch a season two episode, we'll, we'll just jump in okay. here and record an episode. But I just want to say, just stop for just a moment and just say exactly what you just said. I've been watching, we've got, we're eight episodes into season two. I have enjoyed it all so far. There have been a couple things. You did say the other the other night in the hospital when we watched episode eight that it was getting a little far fetched. It was getting a little mm-hmm. far fetched, but up till that point, completely enjoyable. Right. Especially knowing today where all these characters are, it's fun to go back and to see some of the filling in the blanks kind of stuff. Well, I love we watched one episode and you're like, how did uh, talking about Mike and Susan? You're like, how did they ever end up getting married after that? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh well, that's how. Oh, that's all right. They they they. <laughs> clearly thought that one through (laughs) so anyway um but yeah uh back to tom and lynette uh obviously i reckon you told me that this is you know the grandmother mom lynette's Mm -hmm. mom and of course through this episode this week i got to understand you know what the big deal is between lynette and her mom right and it was kind of neat to see that healing of the relationship at the Mm -hmm. end i really enjoyed the fake crash yeah. I love how she didn't let Tom in on it too. It was good. That cuz that you could you had to. She had to do it she that way. To. Because if she didn't do it that way, then Tom wouldn't have had whatever reaction and he, he wouldn't had. have called right. Right. So, it was good. I didn't think that it would be enough to pull Preston out of uh or I, not Preston, but is it Porter? Porter. Out of the out of hiding, but I do. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I totally liked how they did that. And um, let's see here. And, and that's pretty much all I have there. Did you want to say anything else about that? Oh, and the fact that he's off. They, they, they threw the case out. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I must have missed that part. No, they threw. he said she told her mom. It's like, hey, they threw out the case against Porter. Without, I did. Because they I didn't was, have any, enough was, evidence to. I think I was with the kids at that point. But yeah. Right. So let's talk about one of my favorite characters and one of your least favorite characters, which is Dave. Yeah, he's creepy. And I sometimes like group people together, you know, you get Tom Lynette, Mm -hmm. Brian Orson. And from this point forward, until I see a need for a change, it's going to be Dave and Mike. Okay. Obviously, Susan's not the only one that was thinking about moving in with somebody. So in this episode, um, and last week we find out that, that, um, Edie finds out that Dave's talking to his ex-wife or mm-hmm. to his um, his deceased wife, right? And she finds out that she, he was married before. And yeah, she was did she not gonna know. think? Okay, if she got that, if she got that upset about the fact that he didn't tell her he was he was married before, how's she gonna feel when she finds out that like Williams isn't really his last name and it, the whole thing's a show? She's, yeah, he's totally using her. Yeah, you know, and I really. I really felt bad for Edie for probably the first time in this entire series when she went at the end of this episode 
and said, I think what we have is real. I'm at a place in my life where, you know, because he's totally using her. Mm-hmm. And I th- that's the first time ever that I felt bad for her. Really? I, there's been maybe one or two times in, that they've given me a little bit really? of a human side of Edie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I even liked in season two, going back mm-hmm. to that discussion, uh, or was it season two? What? When uh, uh, Susan's ex-husband... Mm-hmm is living with her and the the recital with um what's her yep. name julie julie yeah mm-hmm. i i kind of even liked her there okay yeah so she's not all that bad all right Edie's misunderstood is that what it is yes well then i misunderstand her in fact susan was almost going to give her a free pass for being a slut almost <laughs> <laughs> anyway Oh, gosh. But and I apologize for that language, but I'm just quoting the show there. Mm-hmm. And my my feeling is that if you shouldn't let your children hear this, you know, if right. we're going to be talking about the things that this show right. talks about anyway. But anyway, um, here's the deal. Um, they shouldn't be listening to this if they're not allowed to watch Desperate Housewives. Exactly. And of course, that was a direct quote from from the show, from this episode. Right. So um, Dave's kicked out of the house. Kicked out. And pack your bag. He's a little upset because his plan to be on Wisteria Lane is foiled. And then, lo and behold, his good buddy uh-huh. Mike says, "Come, come, stay with me." And it's like, "Ooh, maybe." Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we have the scheming going on there. Um, what did you think about that? I mean, it, it, I mean, he seems very interested now that. You know, are you still in love with Susan or are you in love with Catherine? So maybe because Susan's not in needs, trouble anymore. Maybe I not. Think now I think Catherine's in trouble. I, I agree with you because he wants Mike to hurt in the same way that he hurt. He wants Mike to lose the same thing that he lost. So he's not there to kill Mike. He's Mm-mm. there to take something away. Absolutely. From Mike. And I think that that puts Catherine in danger. I think that Dave's the one who sent her the roses. Yeah, but I still think um, poor little Maynard's in trouble. Probably. Yeah. That poor kid. I mean, his mom's just going to up and move in with some dude two hours away. No doubt. <laughs> Dad just moved in across the street and mom's going to move. I'm so glad that she's not. Let's talk about Susan Meyer slash whatever her last name is this episode okay. or this season. Um, well, it'd just be Susan Meyer now. I know. I'm sure she that changed a, her name. That back. was a that was a joke, babe. Gotcha. Uh huh. All right. So anyway, um, Susan in this episode uh, was just a little crazy. I'm so glad that uh, Mark Cherry was listening to our episode not too long ago when we said, we said Jackson's got to go. Jackson's got to go. And of course, they did the whole I'm moving in with Jackson over these two episodes. And even Lee told her she was crazy last week, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the interaction between Susan and Lee. That was very interesting. The, that the would whole make for going a great friendship. The, the going out <laughs> to the gay bar. And uh, they, they do that. make good friends. They do. I think that they would make great friends. Yeah. Yeah. I love the whole um, when the guy is trying to gonna come over and pick lee up he's like i need to throw him off your off my scent do you mind if i grab your boob and she's like oh like anyway it was funny that was it a was little just funny funny um and do, I like yeah where i he think says, that they make great friends I, I like where he says wear lots of makeup because what you call it uh kid drink <laughs> <Yeah>. first drinks free <laughs> and she's like oh okay yeah and drag she, queen's first drink yes, free yes um 
Yeah, it was just, that was funny. And that'd be a great friendship. Yeah. To show on the... I like when she's like, listen, there's no easy way for me to say it. Did we sleep together? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, no. But before, he's like in some kind of he's special. A kimono. A kimono yes. and listening to opera. and Drinking tea. Drinking tea, yes. Oh, goodness. That's great. It, so, that's great stuff. It was funny. But anyway, I loved. Um, I, one thing I didn't like about this episode, uh, I, I liked and I, lo- I, I loved and I loathed the scene between Susan and Edie being stuck in the basement. Right. One was just a huge, gigantic continuity error. Okay. What was that? Well, first of all, the door being locked, not a big deal. The hinges (laughs) were on the wrong side. We're on the inside. All they needed to do is get something and pop the hinges out. Right. And take the door off the hinges. Boom. They're out. Well, they're, they're two women. Maybe they wouldn't know that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Susan, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Edie, Edie, no way. Edie knows all about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so I was a little upset to see to have to stare at the hinges in all those scenes. <laughs> it's kind of it's like, OK, could you stop insulting my intelligence now? Mm-hmm. Because I'm having a hard time buying this one. OK. But at the same time, I really love the fact that this whole scene was to show finally somebody talking some sense into Susan Meyer and op- exposing her addiction to just this having a man in her life. Right. Which so many women I know mm-hmm. face and have this issue. Yep. And uh, it is a real issue. You know, and, 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 and it's and it's a shame because these women, unfortunately, will, you know, they they're attracted to any male person with Usually a heartbeat. the bad kind. And and and, it, and their standards are so low that they feel like they need anybody to to be there for them, to, to provide for them or to to, you know, whether that be emotionally, physically or. Or whatever, because many times th- these men that they end up finding themselves with are less than capable of providing for them completely. Mm-hmm. And um, so and of course, that that's been the case with Jackson. I don't think Jackson can provide for Susan no, what, what she can't. needs. I, no. I think that he's I think he's he still reminds me of uh, Wayne <laughs> from Wayne's World. I mean. Party on, excellent, you know. I mean that I I, that, I totally see that old Mike Myers character mm-hmm. when I look at Jackson. It's, okay. it's he's he's and, and it's not his profession as the painter. He's just a young kid. I think that he, that is the way they. I think that that he's a potential dating prospect for her daughter Julie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, uh, but no, not not for Susan. Um, you know, and Mike was a, if there was anybody, you know, obviously I don't, I don't think she did too wrong when, what was her first husband's name? Carl. Carl. I don't mm-hmm. think she did wrong in choosing Carl as a, as a husband. Well, she it, was much younger too. Right. And what I'm saying is that he's, you know, but, but the thing is, is of course he provided for her financially. Right. But, but not, but em- not always right. emotionally and, 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 and things of that nature. So. Um, and then, of course, with Mike, obviously, Mike had some issues, you know, and she was bending over backward to find any way to not see fault with him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she saw fault and she's like, let's take it easy. But at the same time, she never wanted to break it off. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I love that Edie brought up the little marker and started writing down. That it's was like, great. OK, between high school and college, 41 days you were single. <laughs> and, That's a long time. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, you know, only 41 days over that entire period of your life. Right. That you, and they're not consecutive days either. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was, I did, I did enjoy that part. Um, speaking of continuity from the last episode is that um, when Dave was walking down the street, they showed Mrs. McCluskey coming home. Yes. To the wrong house. Tell me why you think it's the wrong house. Because, I, well, see, because I don't pay that much attention to these houses. In, is is season one when we first met Mrs. McCluskey? Because, um, I think it was season two, wasn't the, it? No, it was season one. The boys stole some of her stuff. and Okay, yeah, you're and right, it, I think. You know, first says that they didn't and then has to return it. And... um. And then begins to to help her out, you know, to care for her. And this by is five taking, years in the in the future, and she's so maybe she's moved five years in the future, and maybe they've had to put steps on. As she gets older, she has to add steps to her already one step walk up house. Maybe she had what uh, in the last five years. She had a, a water drainage problem, and they had and so to, they had to raise it up off the ground. Well, they maybe they had to dig a close to the foundation, <laughs> yeah. which brought the actual yard level down, and said they had to build a stoop. Doesn't change the fact that the front of the house is different, minus the steps. <laughs> I, it, I don't the, know. It's the it, could it be a side entrance to the house? Maybe. Okay, I'm, I'm but I doubt it. I don't know. I have to go back and find you a screenshot of Mrs. McCluskey's front door okay. from before and what they showed her entering into. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm completely right. I mean, I may be wrong. Sometimes houses have like, a, I, like a side garage Okay, door but entrance. he's walking down the main I know, street. I know. He, he's, he's not walking down the back alley. He's walking down the street. I understand what and, you're saying. Okay, they're making it appear as though she's walking in the front door. That's right. Of someone else's house. <laughs> I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Continuity well, the, or need some explanation. I don't know. I don't Does know. Does she live with somebody else now? Um, is she got some dementia and doesn't remember where she lives? I have no um, idea. I hate the fact that she got so close, so close to finding out, you know, about Dave and then and having run out the door after her sister completely missed Hearing Wisteria Lane. Hearing Wisteria Lane. Yeah, yes. that, that really irritates me, but whatever. Yeah. So anyway, folks, uh, we want to say thank you for staying subscribed, even though we missed a week <laughs> of the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. Hopefully today's show has uh, helped to fill the void. And we'll be back, of course, every week with the new episodes as they come out. And we do have a major announcement here. Uh, Stephanie and I in 2009 have made an, a huge and important decision uh, for our business here of producing podcast content for gspn.tv. Uh, this and all of our entertainment programming shows um, are going to be going to a once a month on the free feed uh, rather than every other episode. Uh, so basically, once a month, we'll continue to put out an episode like this on the free feed. But every week uh, that there's a new show, and even when there's not new shows, uh, we'll still be bringing some coverage of uh some prior episodes of the Desperate Housewives and our thoughts on that. Uh, And so that's available to Plus members only. And you can learn all about Plus membership over at gspn.tv slash plus. And I really encourage you to go there and check it out and find out that it's not just about 
a bunch of podcasts that were so much more than just a bunch of podcasts. And plus membership is $10 a month. Sign up now. You get the first month free. So, uh, you know, it's not going to cost you anything to, to discover all that is the community of gspn.tv. But I really encourage you to go to gspn.tv slash plus and click on the little play buttons. There's some audio buttons there that will you can hear a lot of testimonies, not just a few, but a lot of testimonials from people who are already plus members and why they suggest that you become a plus member. All right. Stephanie, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. So uh, for Plus members, we'll be here uh, for every episode of Desperate Housewives. And for those of you on the free feed, uh, we will be here once a month on uh, probably the first week of each month. So until then, until next time, (laughs) join Join the the community. community.